the big wireless companies sold you an outdated plan tied to long-term contracts and mystery fees. Simple Mobile's different. You get a lightning-fast 4G LTE nationwide network with no contract, ever. And keep the phone and number you love. Just text the word BYOP to 611611 to see if your phone is compatible. Simple Mobile. Out with the old, in with the simple. Standard text message and data rates may apply based on your mobile phone service. Please refer always to the privacy policy at simplemobile.com slash privacy policy and the terms and conditions at simplemobile.com slash terms and conditions. The following is a Mood Killer production. Bury me alive, bury me with pride, bury me with berries that forbidden fruit and cherry wine. Thank you very much, but tonight's my night and I'm buried by swinging for the fences. Barbaric Kendrick and I don't time. Everything in life subject to change, change with change ground, change clothes, change opinions. Right before I change my mind, I don't really know your business. Been in this since I was bending Lego block. Now you tell the world about me. Try snitch, tater tots on my shotgun. I got a pop when nectar starts. Sky's the limit. I gotta finish at the first rapper on Mars Mark my word, I'ma make my mark Even when they start their martial law Even when these Martians alien make my mental state is still at heart Fuck, look in my eyes, tell me I died Tell me I dropped, took up my mind Tell me you love me, tell me the eye Don't give a fuck, I can barely decide Wish you could let go my enemies, all of my energy Go to the almighty God, I get drowned in a bottle of Hennessy Fuck you, amenities, I'm getting better with time <laughs> So before I begin today's episode I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about what happened last week in Dayton, Ohio, and El Paso, Texas with those shootings. Very, very horrific stuff. I I hate waking up to this news, and I hate hearing about these kind of things happening. But unfortunately, that's the world we live in, um, in the United States of America, at least. Congress, the Senate, the president... They have to do something about this. The upper house, the lower house, the executive branch, statewide executive branches, so governors, everybody has to be held accountable for this and everybody has to do what they can to make sure it doesn't happen again because it continues to happen and it continues to be tragic. And I don't think any of us in this country are ever going to be desensitized to this kind of stuff. When I was 17 years old, this would have been 1998-ish, I went into a Walmart with a friend of mine. We bought a shotgun. It was the easiest thing to do. This was a Walmart in Knoxville, Tennessee. Walked inside, bought a shotgun, took it home with us. Didn't ask for, the, the, the person that sold it didn't ask us for ID, didn't ask us for any kind of, um, like background information at all background check wasn't ran that we were i was 17 he was 18 we were still able to buy this thing very very seamlessly so again i i I don't think it's like that in tennessee anymore but i know it's still like this in a lot of different places so let's let's fix this and if you want to go beyond thoughts and prayers I have a link in the description box below of this video. It's Impact Your World. Donate what you can. 100% of the proceeds are going to go to the victims so they could pay for medical expenses for those that didn't die in the attacks but are hurting real bad. Funeral expenses for people who have to live without their loved ones anymore. All of that stuff. 
again, please go beyond thoughts and prayers, dig in your wallet and see what you can do. I know I'm going to do it. I know my girlfriend said she was going to donate some and uh, we're going to, we can get through this world and make sure it's a better place if all of us just do our part. So that's what I want to say about that. Now let's uh, begin today's show. So the main topic of today's show is Southern strategy. But before I talk about Southern strategy, I want to talk about this stuff that happened with Mario Lopez when he was on the Candace Owens show. For those of you who do not know what I'm talking about, Crystal, if you do not mind, can you please cue up the clip of Mario Lopez and Candace Owens having this discussion? So there are some weird trends, and one of the weirder ones for me, at least, to try to process is this new trend where celebrities are coming out. And I know Charlize Theron did this a few a few weeks ago and saying that their child is picking their gender. And this is strange to me just because I, and they say, oh, I looked at my child. My child was swimming in a bathtub and looked up and said, mommy, I'm a boy. And that's weird to me because even though I'm not a parent, I nannied for uh, five years of my life. And the things that come out of children's mouth, like they are just, they say whatever in the moment. You don't yeah. know what they've seen on TV, what got in their head. Right. And I've had children say they were mermaids. I've had children say <laughs> they could fly right. and jump off of a staircase. And thank God I caught him, right? Because he yeah. thought he could be Superman. And so I'm trying to understand this new Hollywood mentality where they just think that their children now uh, have the mental authority. Your face. So that was, okay, I actually want to go to the next video because we know who Candace Owens is, right? But that gives you context into what Mario Lopez is about to say and why he's getting so much pushback. Take a look. Please don't lump me into that hole. No, no, no. I I see you're not doing that in your household. No, I mean, I'm I'm kind of blown away too. And um, look, I'm never one to tell anyone how to parent their kids, obviously. And I think if you come from Maybe a place- you should though, because you yeah. seem to be doing something right. Well, thanks. You know, and I always say, if you come from a place of love, you, you know, you, you really can't go wrong. But at the same time, my God, if you're three years old and you're saying you're feeling a certain way, or you're, you're, you think you're a boy or a girl, whatever the case may be, I, I, I just think it's dangerous as a parent to make that determination then, okay, well, then you're going to be a boy or a girl, whatever the case may be. And it's, it's sort of alarming and- my gosh, I just think about the repercussions later on. Right. And, and uh, to me, I just see depression. So where do I begin? <laughs> okay. Uh, this, the, these comments got Mario Lopez in a lot of hot wa- water. Um, people in the cancel culture were real, real quick to jump down this guy's neck. Um, so uh, Mario Lopez made a few mistakes in this clip. But they aren't exactly what you think. Uh, The first mistake he made was going on Candace Owens' show in the first place. Or on any PragerU show. PragerU is not a real university. But it's if you ever go to YouTube and watch their videos, they're very, very... um, I'm actually entertained by it. They talk about how society is trying to liberalize your kids. There was this one black girl they had in the clip 
talking about why she's no longer a liberal or whatever. And she acts like she got some kind of formal education on this. She went to a college and she saw everybody there was complaining about (laughs) diversity or whatever. I don't know what the hell she had a problem with, but it's, these are funny clips and I urge you to watch them uh, because I think my audience is smart enough to watch these clips and see them for what they are and not be suckered and brainwashed in it. And then, But the second mistake that Mario Lopez made was uh, going on the show in the first place, right? No, I'm joking, I'm joking. The second mistake he made is... Um, uh, what was I going to say? The second mistake he made um, if, is if you are going to go on a Candace Owens show or any PragerU show, which is not a real university, I probably say that every time I say PragerU, is you have to hear, you have to know bullshit when you hear it. Um, you have to have your bullshit meter all the way up if you're going to go on a Candace Owens show. Because Candace Owens... Um, is the master, the queen of the bullshit questions in this type of fuckery. So let me break down the question that Candace Owens just asked that you heard in that clip. Let's just break the question down. She goes, a lot of weird trends come out of Hollywood. Put emphasis on that word trends. And one of the weirder ones for me is this new trend. She uses the word the uses the word trend again, where celebrities are coming out. And I know Charlize Theron did this um, a few weeks ago, saying that their child is picking their gender. And this is strange to me. That's end quote. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ, Candace Owen, please shut the fuck up. Okay, this is the reason why my show exists. So you know dumb fuckery when it is in your presence. And you know an invalid question when you hear it. So let's start with Candace Owens' use of the word trends. She says it a lot. A lot of weird trends come out of Hollywood. And one of the weirder ones for me is this new trend where celebrities like Charlie Theron come out and say their child is picking their gender. So the problem with the word trend in her sentence is the only person that she names is Charlize fucking Theron. A trend involves more than one person, not one person. So right then and there, Mario Lopez's bullshit meter should have been turned up to a hundred thousand trillion to quote Kanye West his his bullshit meter meter should have been sky fucking high right there at that exact moment so if I'm Mario Lopez when approached with that question the first thing I would have did would I was I would have said you say this is a trend this is my words what what I would do if I was Mario Lopez you say this is a trend Well, who else is doing this? Right then and there, when Owens can't respond, because I know she wouldn't be able to respond, I would have said, I would have been like, okay, call me back when you know 
when you show me and let me know the answer to this and when it becomes an actual trend and you're more and you have more proof than Charlize fucking Theron. That's what I would have said. Like you can you can ask me this question when you come up with actual proof that supports your idea that this is a trend. You you can't ask those kind of questions to a person who's co- who's who's thinking with using their cognitive dissonance and recognize logical fallacies, recognizes cognitive uh, biases in questioning. You can't ask that to a person and they and without them asking you where is the trend, especially when you're not naming the trend. Now we'll say this about Candace Owens. She she does this a lot. There was a, a couple weeks ago, um, right about the time when um, when they see us came out. So it was probably like a month or so ago. She tweeted out, "Black people are being manipulated by the liberal media again. These boys were guilty. You didn't read the facts of the case. You don't know what the, what they are." And she talks like. She um, she tweets. I'm reading it in her voice. She tweets like she did read the facts of the case. So the question I would want to know for Candace Owens is, did you read the facts of the case and what facts do you know that are stronger than science and DNA evidence? I would definitely want to know that because. But she's a queen of this. So this Mario Lopez example is just the second example of this. But she does this a lot. So people, my celebrity friends, my non-celebrity friends, you can't go around answering bullshit leading questions like this, especially from someone on PragerU, which is not a real university, like Candace Owens, who is the undisputed queen of this. I'm more offended at Mario Lopez for answering this question seriously than anything else, um, given this question credence by providing what is probably a thought-provoking answer from him. Um, now, when I Googled celebrity parents with their children who let their children choose their parents... I did come up with like two or three articles, but most of those kids in those articles were a lot older than Charlene Theron's child. So here's the thing with me. I personally do not care how a parent chooses to run their household. Um, In a few more years, when this actually turns into a trend, because I don't think enough people are doing it yet for it to be a trend um, that right now it's more of a trumped up scare scare tactic from the right, um, right wing news and, and, and things of that nature. Um, and I do think that gender flu- fluidity is an important discussion to have. I really, really do. I think um, it's a good discussion to have at least if, if not important, it's at least good. If you don't feel it's important, it's at least a good um, conversation to have. I've never been a fan of cancel culture, and Lopez is entitled to his opinion, and I'm sure he's not the only one who thinks like this. Lopez had a lot of celebrities come 
and out, out defending him. I know D.L. Hughley came out on his TV One show and said, as long as you live in my house, you're going to obey my rules when talking to his kids because um, he said, I guess he's not with the um, gender fluidity stuff for for young children, which I, I don't know enough about the topic of gender fluidity to come up with a concise answer to it. Perhaps maybe one day when I do anti-intellectual, anti-intellectualism is real, I can have some, a guest on that will explain to me exactly what gender fluidity is. But I seriously, seriously doubt gender fluidity um, is something that's going to lead to your children becoming like gay in mass. I, I doubt that. I seriously, seriously doubt that. So uh, I'm not, I'm not um, again, I'm not a fan of the cancel culture. So I don't think Mario Lopez should be canceled. He apologized for a statement and maybe he should have apologized or maybe he shouldn't. Because I, again, I have to dig deep. I'm not a right wing blowhard. I'm not going to sit there and pretend that I know something that I don't know. The things that I talk about on this show are things that are in my line of work, things that I've researched and things that I know. And I don't know enough about gender fluidity to uh, speak on it ad nauseum. I'm, I'm not a big fan of Mario Lopez calling it dangerous because I grew up in a household where I played with my my cousins because it was on for the for the longest time before my assist my younger sister was born and my younger brother was born for the first six years of my life it was just me and my four cousins and you know I would play Barbie dolls with them and stuff and <laughs> because they were playing the, playing with them and I didn't want to be left out so I played Barbie dolls with them and it wasn't a thing where it's like okay I like guys now. Um, and I don't think that's what gender fluidity is. I don't know much about it, but I don't think that's what it is. And me playing with Barbie dolls was more because I didn't want to be left out than it had anything to do with any kind of desires to do anything. And and I I honestly do believe that if your child is going to grow up to become gay, I don't think there's anything you can do to lead them in that direction. Because when a boy starts liking girls, nothing can stop that. Nothing. I remember when I hit puberty, and I remember when I just started hardcore getting into women, girls and stuff, and getting like crushes on people and all that stuff. That's biology right there. That is not something you can control. So, long story short, uh, or long story less long, rather, do not go on Candace Owens or any other PragerU show and get suckered into answering a bullshit fucking question. Do not do that. Make sure the questions that you are asked are valid questions and deserve to be answered. Not bullshit hypotheticals. And what and what Candace Owen did is she asked a hypothetical question. She didn't ask a serious question backed by any kind of like research or more than what she knows outside of her white wing uh, fucking bubble. 
So, what else can I say? Um, I went a little long, so I'm not going to read emails today. I'll read them on the next episode, I promise. And you can send your emails to moodkillerpod at gmail.com. Again, the, the email is moodkillerpod at gmail.com. You could put uh, power dynamics with KME as a subject or just power dynamics, period, or put the show title as a, the subject. So this show title is Southern Strategy. Um, and, and yeah, just do that, and I'll read it on the show. Um, so sorry for the long, long rant, but the bullshit questions are a pet peeve of mine. And for all my future scholars, dignitaries, luminaries out there, anytime you're entertained, uh, you entertain a bullshit question with a thought-provoking answer, you have already taken an L, all right? When you entertain a bullshit question with a thought-provoking answer, you have already taken an L. So without any further ado, Let's get on scripting this motherfucker. So the main topic, why you are here today, is to hear about Southern strategy. That is the main topic of this email, or this episode rather, but I'm pretty sure I will get emails on (laughs) the Mario Lopez stuff, which, and if you have them, I'll answer them, no problem with that. So I want to tell you what Southern strategy is. Uh, so, um, let me, um, tell you about this man named, um, Lee Atwater. He's the kind of, um, pseudo father of Southern strategy. So Southern strategy is one of, is a, is a concept that is complex, but yet really simple at the same time. It's complex because It has to be utilized in a nuanced way where you're being racist, but at the same time, you have a backdoor way of saying, hey, that isn't racist. It's simple in that you have a mod, if you have a modicum of knowledge on what racism is, you will know it when it's used. So, one of the best utilizers, again, of Southern strategy is Lee Atwater. So Lee Atwater is considered one of the greatest, if not the greatest campaign managers of all time. He ain't the greatest man of all time. Let me get that out the way. He's not considered one of the greatest men of all time, but he was a very effective campaign manager because the people that he managed, he was a Republican campaign manager, um, and the people that he managed would often win. Um, he he died at the age of forty because he had some kind of brain condition. But for for he made the most of those first forty years of his life with his uh, campaign management tactics and stuff. So listen to him explain with such what such a <clears throat> listen to him explain what Southern strategy is. Um, Crystal, do you mind queuing up the clip? And I'm gonna get a drink of water for a second. Here's how I would approach that issue as a, as a, as a statistician or a political scientist, or no, as a psychologist, which I'm not, is, is how abstract you, you handle the race thing. In other words, you start out and 
And now y'all aren't quoting me. I don't know this. I don't know. You start out in 1954 by saying nigger, nigger, nigger. By 1968, you can't say nigger. That hurts your backfire. So you say stuff like uh, forced busing, states' rights, and all that stuff. And you're getting so abstract now. You're talking about cutting taxes and all of these things you're talking about are totally economic things. And the byproduct of them is blacks get hurt worse than whites. And subconsciously, maybe that is part of it. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that if it is getting that abstract and that coded, uh, that, that we're, we're doing away with the racial problem one way or the other. Uh, you follow me? Because obviously sitting around saying uh, we want to cut taxes, we want to cut this, and we want is much more abstract than, than even the busing thing. Uh, and a hell of a lot more abstract than never did, you know. So I, any way you look at it, race is coming on the back burner. So thank you for that, Crystal. Um, so as you can see in this clip, <laughs> Atwater pretty much admits in that clip that the idea, uh, that, that ideally speaking, nigger would be the go-to phrase to go to, but... It's the 1980s, and at that point, the word nigger is just a little bit too racist. <laughs> so, it's a bridge too far. So instead, we will um, call them nigger without actually using the word nigger. So, when we, talk, when we talk about black women, we will call them welfare queens. In political ads, we will show pictures of overweight black women and associate them with the image with that image of the welfare queen rollers in her hair wearing a onesie that kind of thing to make our to to say this is southern so to say this is well a welfare queen and tightly associate that with a black woman so they uh when when we when they refer to black men, uh, we no longer call them nigger as well, uh, but instead we call them strapping young bucks, which might as well be nigger. As Lee Atwater says, you can't say the n word anymore. You can't say nigger anymore, but you can find a substitute word, and it will associate with the black men. So the funny thing is uh, with the strapping young bucks uh, fair phrase is it didn't test well. Um, It didn't test well at all, actually. Um, And Reagan actually had to go a different route. They they initially tried to use use it um, to describe black men and calling them a buck. Bucks were referred to by white supremacists. Um, black men were referred to as black bucks in the 1980s. That was a relatively famous term. So it got used a lot. So people didn't like the bucks term. So you had to substitute the word bucks with thug. And thug was actually a substitute for the word nigger. And it had a little bit a little bit more staying power. Uh, <clears throat> Buck was a bridge, bridge too, way too far, and people were, were even uncomfortable with that, even in the 1980s. So uh, 
and then the the uh, the, the thug worked, and then Tupac in the nineties took the word thug and kind of turned it into a term of endearment, right? So let's fast forward to the year 2019, and you will find that Southern strategy is alive and well. I mentioned last week, but I'll mention it again this week. When you think that immigration in this country, who do you think of first? Which race of people has the media tightly aligned with immigration? Which race of people has Donald Trump aligned with immigration? When you think, when, um, you hear Donald Trump call NFL players that kneel sons of bitches. Who are the only NFL players kneeling in the NFL? The only ones that are doing that. When you think about terrorist attacks in this country, the first people you think about, who are the first people you think about when you think about terrorist attacks in this country? Um, and that's kind of weird because the biggest terrorist attacks that happened last week were by white men. And most of them, those kind of attacks in this country happen by white men. So if you, when I asked you immigration, if you said Latinos, when I, t- answered at, when I asked about NFL players le- kneeling, you said blacks. And if I asked you about terrorism, you said Mus- Muslims or Middle Easterners. And you are right. <laughs> and it doesn't stop there. Trump telling Congress women to go back to their country is the oldest dog whistle there is. There, it's, it's such an old racist phrase that it's not even a dog whistle anymore. It's just blatantly racist. Conservative politicians, conservative news media, and even liberal uh, media outlets have perpetuated these myths. I can't even watch CNN anymore. It's gotten so goddamn cartoonish. I swear to God it has. I was watching uh, CNN the other day, and Chris Cuomo had these two dweebs on his show, and they had a debate, um, a motherfucking debate, over if Trump telling congresswomen to go back to their country is racist. So let me stop right there. I'm losing my fucking breath. CNN, Chris Cuomo, let me tell you something. That ain't a debate, okay? Go back to your country is not a debate. Go back to your country nonsense. It has always been racist, as always been racist as fuck, all but because. All but because we have this, it's 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 debatable now in 2019 because we have President dipshit in office who we grade on this dumbass curve. Uh, clearly, racist phrases have turned into debates, and we are entertaining this dumb fuckery instead of just calling it what it is. We turn it into a debate where Cuomo, um, a guy who's much smarter than that. A guy who has a law degree, a guy who spent multiple years as a lawyer, he knows that that shit is is non-debatable, and CNN knows it's non-debatable, but for whatever fucking reason, they've turned it into a debate. 
at least with Fox News, they're honest about what they are. I mean, they're science fucking fiction. They they do they do not even try to pretend to be credible. Um, and uh, you know, MSNBC they just don't have those stupid debates on there most of the time. Um, CNN has this has turned into a problem where you know the the the, the debate shouldn't be. If the phrase is racist, because it clearly is racist. If you want to talk about the level of racist it is, that is perfectly fine. Although I would even venture to say that that isn't really much of a debate either, right? So this dumb fuckery has to stop. It just does. The one thing I will not debate over, the well, the one thing I will not do is debate over racism. You couldn't pay me enough money to go on CNN and have a debate like is go back to their country, is go back to your country racist? Because to me, it's just common knowledge that it is and it should always be like that. I'm, so those kind of debates I, I won't have. This is CNN, the most trusted name in news. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what black Republicans tend to do is they validate uh, Trump's uh, racism. They, they do not call it out. Um, and uh, that's problematic, too. Um, I, um, here's what, I'm not going to call any black Trump supporter, um, something like a coon or outside of their name. Cause I don't believe in doing that. Um, I do not think black Trump supporters are acting, um, in their best entrance. Uh, it was black Republicans. They got offended last week. When Bette Midler, Bette Midler called a few black Trump supporters in a Trump crowd, she called them the black ground. Um, and they got offended by that. And I completely understand how that would make you mad, uh, how it would be offensive. Um, I'm, I'm not, again, I don't call people's blackness and, and judge it on that. I think we're all black. The ones of us that are black, we're all black. And we got to work through this thing together. Different ideas are appreciated, but um, you have to, you can't pick and choose uh, when you're going to get offended. If you're going to be offended at Mick Bette Midler calling you the black ground, you absolutely have to get offended by don't, by go back to your country um, or else it just seems dis- disingenuous as fuck. It sees it's, um, it, it seems disingenuous. Uh, so, uh, it's, I'm losing my thoughts. <laughs> it seems disingenuous, uh, sycophantic, and um, it, it, it's not real. It's not real outrage. It's pretend outrage because you're not getting offended at other racist things. So you look like a disingenuous 
sycophantic piece of shit when you get offended by Bette Midler's comments and not offended by go back to your country. Um, what's wrong with you, Black Republicans? You, you, are, are you trying to just lose all credibility? So it's about time for me to start winding this show down. I went normal more longer than the 30 minutes I like to So I close out every show with uh, this line, knowledge is not power. It is a utilization of knowledge that is power. When you get asked a pointless, loaded question by an idiot, you are under no obligation to take it seriously or answer it. So please do not. I am KME. Let's take our power So I want to thank my producer and editor, Crystal Gordon, for um, her editing. I want to thank all of the friends of the network, uh, this uh, PWP Nation, uh, Marcus Vandenberg and Nate Milton over at King of Sports Radio, John Pollock and Wei Ting over at PostWrestling.com, Jason Agnew and Dan the Mouth Lavransky over at... Uh, SNME radio and then I want to talk thank my cousin who gave me this microphone that blacks back that blocks background noise so I'm very very grateful to her her and uh, Don Chambers at the TCAT network and thank you for listening and please join me again next week Critics agree. Dora and the Lost City of Gold is the family film you've been searching for. Go get it! It's packed with action, full of surprises, and will knock your boots off. The discovery of a lifetime. Dora and the Lost City of Gold. Rated PG. In theaters Friday.